Hey everyone, my name is Yaro, and you're listening to the Daydream Wolves podcast. I'm so glad you're back. If this is your first episode, welcome. I'm glad you're here. And most importantly, happy full moon in Libra to you. It's the pink moon if you're listening today. If not, then it might still be the pink moon weekend, or it might be a completely different moon, which is also beautiful. But anyway, this is a little solo episode. I want to talk a little bit about my full moon practices at the moment and about why I think ceremony is so important and healing and often missing from our lives. So, (laughs) where do we even start? I want to talk a little bit about why I like celebrating the full moon so much. For me, looking at the moon and kind of knowing where it's at right now always feels like such a luxurious way of slowing down time and not just looking at my human calendar and the rhythm of that and my deadlines and appointments and all the things that I need to do but just to be quiet and look at the sky and see where the moon is at right now and to also maybe see that there's ways in which I can synchronize my ways of living and uh, my intentions with the moon. So traditionally the full moon I feel is a time of real abundance. There's all this light in the sky at night We can count our blessings and we can also prepare to let go because obviously after the full moon, the moon begins to wane and we are walking towards a new moon. And so it's also a time of release and something that I really love doing on a full moon therefore is to write letters with everything that I didn't get to say between now and the last full moon. So on the last full moon, which is also a full moon in Riba, I wrote a letter um, sitting watching the waves at the ocean and then I wrapped it around a really big stone and I threw it into the ocean. And that felt really nice just to be witnessed by the sea in this way and to have a moment of stillness to see what I wanted to release and what I was asking for for myself and others and the universe in general. So yeah, maybe that's a practice that you want to try. If you're not living by the ocean, Maybe you can write a letter and burn it and just kind of um, plant the ashes into a garden or you can throw them into the wind. There's so many beautiful options. I think what I'm also asking myself in particular on this full moon is what can I let go of that's kind of holding me back from who I want to be and how I want to be of service. And I think one of the things, especially around business, that comes to mind is this pressure that so many of us are feeling around social media. There's the sense that the rules are always changing. Exposure is such a tricky thing. Um, It can be a lot of work and it's hard to feel authentic in that. And so I really want to let go um, of the pressure and just kind of give myself a little bit more playful space to be creative and to tell stories. Um, about 10 days ago, I started a new Instagram account called Embodied Tarot Rituals, in which I'm really just talking about tarot and the things that I get up to at my altar. And that feels really fun because it's much smaller than my big account. There's more of a sense of intimacy and less people watching. And I'm just kind of not following the rules, for example. And this sounds really silly and that's okay. But I'm not, I'm sometimes posting in the morning because this is when I draw my card for the day. And because most of my followers are in the States, 
that is technically not a wise thing to do. So usually on my big account, I post in the evening so that more people can see it. And with this small account, I'm just pay- I'm just posting whenever something up comes up that I want to share, and that feels really cool. So I'm really releasing this t- um, this expectation of myself to always do it right and to always be present on social media, because I have other things to do, and I want to create media like this one, like this podcast, and have conversations that are exciting. I, speaking of things that are exciting, something I'm really excited about is an upcoming program that I'm offering called A Season of Radical Love. Um, so since February, I've been meditating every morning and I'm also drawing a card almost every morning and I'm dancing and, um, and writing in my journal. So I'm also doing a program around the book The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which I've mentioned before, which is amazing. And the core idea of that is to go on artist date every week. Um, so just to take yourself out for a walk or a dinner or um, going to the movie just by yourself to be creatively inspired in some ways. And then the other core part is to write daily, daily journaling uh, pages every morning, which is really just like a brain dump, basically. It's not about being pretty or writing anything profound. It's just about getting it out there and kind of creatively unblocking. And I find it to be extremely powerful. And so I wanted to pass that on in some way, in a, in a way that feels kind of more me. And I'm also just thinking about radical love a lot at the moment, about what it means to be radically in love with something or someone, with our environments, with communities, with ourselves. And it sounds cheesy, but I really want to look at it in a very grounded way that's actually not cheesy, but actually very healing and essential for survival, basically. So, yeah, I found that these daily practices have really transformed me in a way. And obviously I had them before, and I, you know, I've, I've often been someone who was journaling every day. I have been, I've had periods of daily meditation, and then periods where I was maybe just showing up once or twice a week. But since February, having that consistency and just making an absolute priority has been really important to me. So I want to hold some kind of space for other people to experience that too, if that's something that you want in your life. And so a season of radical love um, is going to start on Beltane, May 1st. And you're going to receive a daily email with a journaling prompt. And it's going to be kind of split into three parts. The first 11 days are all about the self the second 11 days are all about the other, and then the third part is about community. And so in each of these 11 days, um, every day, we'll be looking at a question that we can write about that brings us closer to a really deep understanding of what radical love means to us in these different spheres. So at the core of this practice is showing up for the journaling prompt every day, and just sitting with a moment of stillness with your hand on your heart and asking yourself how you're feeling about this and then writing it down. And then if you want, you can add all kinds of magic like meditations that are longer. You can dance or you can draw a tarot card or you can work with a plant. But I wanted to keep the core pretty simple so that anyone can do it. And it really just takes a couple of minutes every day because there's so much empowerment and like, real joy and and pride even and courage in just showing up for one small thing every day even if it's not perfect or even if you maybe forget one day or two but it's this practice of creating consistency and really 
yeah, really rethinking our priorities. So the season of Radical Love is going to be available for all patrons. If you want to do it, you can pledge $3 or more. You'll also get access to the Magic of Embodiment, which is a membership program that I really love. And if you're a business person, then you can also receive access to the DIY Small Business School. Cool. I hope you'll check that out and I'll link to it in the show notes. Other things I want to share are more around ceremony. So last weekend, I completed my celebrant training, at least the life part. I trained with the Obod, which was really beautiful and took me about a year and a half to complete. Um, and so the life pad is all about holding space for things like hand fastings and weddings and baby namings. But actually, as you can imagine, there's other stuff I'm way more excited about. For example, renaming ceremonies, queer transitions, friendship commitment ceremonies, home blessings, and heartbreak as a rite of passage is something that's feeling very present for me right now. And really also heartbreak of all kinds, not just conventionally romantic relationships ending. I think there's a lot of different things that we can at times um, feel heartbroken about, such as climate change or political events that feel difficult. And I'm really excited um, about creating rituals for people. So uh, yeah, I'm also reading the book called Reenchanting the Forest, Meaningful Ritual in a Secular World by William Ayat. So if you're interested in that, might be something you want to check out too. I mean, there's so many beautiful books about rituals. It's just one that I happen to be reading right now. Um, and it's really giving me so much food for thought about how it can feel so easily as if we're kind of sleepwalking through life. Um, sorry about that. Something was knocked over. <laughs> um, about, yeah, how it can feel like we're sleepwalking through life and how... The rituals that we have um, or the seasonal celebrations can sometimes feel pretty empty. So um, I celebrate Christmas with my family, for example, and I really, really love this fact that we all come home in December. I have several friends that live abroad like I do. And in December, everyone just kind of comes together and it feels really nice. Um, but also, I'm not a Christian and neither is my family. So we're not actually very grounded in what this holiday was traditionally about. Um, I think actually as we're living it these days, it's very much about consumption and it's stressful and hectic and there's lots of food that I don't actually really like eating. So in my family, it's really important to us that we find our own rituals and do it in a way that feels good to us. And I think that's been really something very healing over the years to be intentional of, on, around how we're coming together and celebrating that another year has passed and that we're kind of um, preparing for New Year's Eve, which is a whole other story in itself. And I think there's many different other examples as well. I'm noticing in my business, for example, that especially in the beginning, I wasn't really taking a lot of time to truly celebrate my successes such as just making it through the first year is really not a given. It's not a, something that everyone achieves. And I wish, and you know, obviously I wish everyone achieved it. And also I want to recognize that that's difficult. And, and when we do succeed, then it's definitely worth taking a break and celebrating that. And I think there's also areas in life where we're experiencing losses, say of pets or friendships that come to an end or identities that we need to let go of for whatever reason or the, the ways that our abilities can change sometimes so 
there's definitely things that I was more able to do in my early 20s and areas in which I am just less able-bodied now and need more rest and more adjustments to be able to participate in things. And I think it's good to to really mark these transitions in life in a way that feels meaningful to us and that reflects our beliefs and the values that we're holding. <sighs> another, yeah, another really cool example that I came across this week was um, the protest that's going on with Extinction Rebellion in London this week. So this is all about climate change and really demanding more attention from our governments and an urgent course of action that's so needed, really just to survive on a, you know, this is an emergency. And so a big part of that protest is um, the, the making space for grief. Um, I've seen funerals in, in Lewis here, for example, I know there's been blood or fake blood that has been spilled. And I think it's a really important reminder that we have to stay emotionally engaged with these things. Um, I heard someone say this week, which felt very true to me, that the problem with climate change and our inaction isn't that we we don't know about it. But this, at this point in history, I think everyone knows about it. Obviously, some people are in denial, and there's a lot of structural denial for sure. Um, but at the core, I think we all know that the way we're living isn't sustainable or even regenerative, that we can't carry on like this. And the works then that we have to do is, I think, more about staying emotionally engaged enough to take action and to pour resources and love and energy into the causes that we believe in. It's not necessarily about acquiring more information. And so I think grief and rituals around grief are a really important part of um, nurturing that openness in us. Um, yeah, and I think they're also important in us reminding ourselves of our own power and keeping our intentions and desires close. So I want to talk a little bit about how you can create your own ceremony in your own life. Um, if, if you feel like you're going through something right now that needs or that, that deserves some more attention and maybe some kind of ritual... Um, first of all, I recommend the book that I'm reading right now. I really am enjoying it. And then I recommend that you just look around your life right now and look for the symbols and the aspects that are meaningful, important and supportive to you. I think a really important part of ritual to me or any rite of passage is that we're kind of bypassing our conscious thinking mind a little bit and we're dropping deeper into the unconscious, into connecting with our intuition and symbols, I think our movement can be really beautiful ways of doing that. So you can work with plants, for example, if you're working with, just to give you an example, with grief or trauma, I think roses are so beautiful to work with. They're so soothing and slightly cold, cooling. Um, there's so much about beauty and staying connected to pleasure, but they also have thorns. And so in their own way, there's lots of different plants that I could talk about that would probably go way beyond at the time frame for this podcast but maybe you can intuitively choose a plan that you want to work with that you want to have you support in your ritual and then next you can think about symbols maybe there's something as simple as having a circle that represents the moon and the sense of slowing down and being connected to the rhythms of nature or maybe um, you have an animal that you feel is really powerful to you that you want to connect with um, or again, maybe a, a plant that you want to draw 
Or maybe there's a deep letting go that you want to symbolize with a skull, for example. Again, so many options. I also really like working with the elements, so really thinking about how I want to bring in the power of air and fire and water and earth into the work that I'm doing and how that can be balancing how some situations maybe are very watery and emotional and maybe require some grounding from earth or how some um, situations maybe require the transformative power of fire that's very bright and hot. Um, so yeah, um, for me, rituals or ceremonies, and it will be interesting to talk about the differentiation between the two in a different episode, by the way, so I'm kind of using these words interchangeably right now just as a side note, um, but to me these um, rituals or ceremonies have three elements. There's a sense of separation in the beginning, where we're moving away from normal everyday life, and we're marking yeah, stepping away from our ordinary tasks and we're making space for ritual. And then there's this liminal space in the middle where we're engaging with the work that's at the core, where maybe do, we're doing a tarot reading or we're dancing or we're just sitting in stillness or we're being witnessed by our friends or we're doing something that symbolizes what we want to manifest in on the outside, outside of this ritual. And then we're closing with an integration where we're really kind of you know, releasing the ritual, closing it off, coming back home to ourselves, to real life, doing something grounding, like maybe eating or clearing up or doing another dance. So yeah, in this way we can create really beautiful containers and that's something I'm really excited about working with more. So this is just this episode, which is kind of, you know, telling you that I'm excited about this and giving you some ideas to work with if you're interested I will in the future be offering celebrancy um, services as well, both locally here in the UK and also um, online for people who want to ha receive mentoring around creating their own rituals or rites of passage, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I'm also going to talk to more people on this podcast through interviews about their practices around ritual and ceremony. As always, if you have questions, please let me know. If you want to support the podcast, please be consider becoming a Patreon. You'll receive access to the magic of embodiment and also to um, a season of radical love, which is starting on May 1st. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. It's been great to talk to you. As I said, I'm really wishing you a beautiful full moon and I'm wishing you a beautiful rest of the month as well. Bye. <laughs>